Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Corporate America tries to make its earnings more interesting. Christie's, the auction house, tries to make itself more relevant. And I try to stick up for the humble lemonade stand. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Investing, renting, sending your kid to college? Listen to the Marketplace Money Podcast. Find it on iTunes or at marketplace.org slash podcasts. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. This is the Marketplace Podcast for Tuesday, the 16th of July. Good as always to have you with us. There is, I don't know if you've noticed, a certain rhythm to American capitalism. Not the boom and bust stuff, but the more pedestrian bits that make the whole system work. I'm talking here about the regular reporting of profits or losses, as the case may be. The four times a year phenomenon that's come to be called earnings season. We're only in the second week of the most recent occurrence of that event, and a lot of investors are already, and journalists and analysts as well, were bored, not by corporate results, but by the conference calls in which CEOs drone on and on, essentially rereading the news release they issued earlier that day. So some companies are trying to spice things up. Later this month, Netflix will ditch its earnings call for a conversation moderated by an analyst and a journalist. Yahoo is doing a live webcast of its earnings call today. Because it can. Marketplace's Sabri Beneshore reports now on the changing nature of the corporate conference call. Earnings calls are one of the ways companies talk to investors and the market. They're more boring than boring. They're among the most boring things we've managed to create in the modern financial era. Paul Kedrosky is an investor who listened to earnings calls for decades. He says they're boring by design and highly scripted. But now some tech companies are getting more adventurous. Yahoo or Netflix, they're video streamed, they're taking questions via email, you can tweet questions at them, they've opened up. But he says open is a relative term. Mike Mayo is an analyst who's famous for asking bank CEOs pointed questions on earnings calls. There's no question that these earnings calls are a controlled setting uh, in which uh, companies sometimes manipulate the order of the questions, uh, will go to the analysts who ask softball questions first. That won't necessarily change just because questions can be emailed. In fact, it may make it easier to ignore uncomfortable ones. Mary Beth Kassane is with Wallach & Associates, a financial PR firm. She views the new type of earnings call as simply an adaptation to online technology. Folks trying to tell a company's story and tell it well, it's always been hard to do. And anything that can help people to tease out an ability to try to do that better, I think, is a very good thing. Watching executives talk about their earnings may not be more interesting than listening to them, but at least you'll be able to see them squirm at difficult questions. In New York, I'm Sabri Beneshaw for Marketplace. The Postal Service doesn't get a whole lot of love these days. It lost almost $16 billion last year, and then whenever it tries to close post offices or nicks Saturday delivery, all it gets is a fight from Congress. But never fear, USPS. The greeting card industry's got your back. It's pushing a list of 100 cost-cutting measures it thinks can keep everybody, especially itself, in business. Kate Davidson reports. To really deliver a story like this, I immediately call my sources at Stationery Trends magazine. That's stationery with an E, of course. Editor Sarah Schwartz says the greeting card industry has enough challenges without all the postal woes. There's definitely been a rise of e-cards. There's definitely been the rise of Facebook birthday greetings. 
And when folks do buy greeting cards, 60% of them still get mailed. There's a lot at stake, and that's an invitation for concern. George White is chairman of the Greeting Card Association's Postal Affairs Committee, the group that compiled the cost-cutting measures. One of the biggest suggestions? Postal cluster boxes. Cluster boxes, grouped post boxes like you see outside apartment complexes, only all over the place. It obviously saves a lot of time and therefore money for the mail delivery person to be able to put all the mail in the cluster boxes rather than delivering to each apartment door or to each house door. The greeting card lobby's main goals are to save Saturday delivery and keep rates low. Postal analyst John Callen agrees that a landscape of cluster boxes would save big bucks. Although I think it will be quite unpopular with a lot of the general public, um, those of us who uh, enjoy receiving our, our mail and parcels delivered to our households would want to really give it up. But something's probably got to go. Whether it's Saturday delivery, door-to-door service, or something else will be the subject of a hearing tomorrow on Capitol Hill.